0: Whole Hog Sports presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Here's your host, Whole
1: Hog Sports basketball analyst Scotty Bordelon.
2: Welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is April 13th and Eric Musselman and his coaching staff are doing a lot of work in the transfer portal right now, which, I mean, come on, we we knew this was coming right um especially after after the way last season and it it always seems like eric and his assistants even his some of his support staff i would imagine you know take you know they do maybe a season autopsy figure out the places where arkansas needs to improve moving forward and just kind of do a top to bottom assessment and i think we're we're starting to Maybe put the pieces together on what next season's roster might look like. I know we're still what is it's April, so we're still what six or seven months from an official game. But uh, I'm Scotty Borderline of Whole Hog Sports. I'm happy to be joined by Andrew Joseph of Whole Hog Sports, Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Ethan Westerman of Whole Hog Sports. And guys, we got a lot to to talk about since we recorded last week. I think when we got on this call last week. Arkansas only had one guy with the, uh, that had committed to them out of the portal. It was Keon Mennefield from Washington. And there's been a lot of movement since then. I think on Easter Sunday, Jermon Mark of Houston committed to Arkansas. And I'll be really transparent. I was not around my laptop on Sunday. But Richard said he had a story. It was a, I think it was 11.57 or 1257 I can't remember which one it was but he said I've got a story um got a commitment story that's going to come out can you post it in three minutes and so I was carrying some stuff around Walmart and Centerton we were up to see my mom and I was proofreading the story and I put the story up on my phone I think everything worked out okay but it was a it was a hectic time it's a good thing because um good thing that it it was Tremont Mark because if it was maybe a lesser player would have been kind of irritated but Tremont Mark seems like he's going to be uh, a, a pretty pretty solid addition at this point. And yesterday was kind of, yesterday was kind of chaotic. I think because for a while it was just kind of quiet. But you, I think there was kind of a there was definitely a feeling out there that Anthony Black was going to make a decision. And I think each of us know knew exactly what he was going to do, even if there was a, a a stray tweet out there saying that he was going to come back for a sophomore year. But AB went on ESPN and announced he's declaring for the draft. Then not long after that, like literally within an hour, Arkansas got a commitment from Caleb Battle out of Temple, and Eric is still at it, man. Today, he got Jeremiah Davenport from Cincinnati. I think he's a really intriguing piece, too. 6'7", uh, about 215 from Cincinnati. Pretty good shooter uh, from from just kind of the the base stuff that I've looked at. Um, anybody got any thoughts on what Arkansas has done in the portal to this point? I, I do have to credit Coach Z, Matt Zimmerman, he put out a tweet not too long ago that Arkansas was raiding the AAC for, for portal guys. But I think it's – honestly, if you're going to go to maybe a mid-major league and pluck some guys from from that league, I think it's a solid one to do it from because it, it – to me anyway, whenever I've watched, which is kind of – I guess I've typically had some, some money on, on games if I've watched a lot of AAC basketball – um, but it seems like a league that's got kind of some, a lot of tough, gritty, hard nosed players.
3: Yeah. And of course, Ricky council, was the AAC Sixth man of the year at Wichita and we we know Houston, and Cincinnati, they're moving into the big 12 with OU and Texas moving into the sec here in another year or whatever it's going to be. But, um, yeah, basically the AAC has become the AAA a, uh, farm system for the Razorbacks, <laughs> and, um you know that's good hey these guys uh showed they can play at a high level i mean obviously houston was ranked number one much of the year Had recently gone to a final four in the lead eight sweet 16 you know wichita state where ricky came from has been a pretty solid program cincinnati's got is a good team you know like scotty mentioned we saw them against arkansas and kansas city a couple of years ago and you know they like i say these teams are going into the into the uh, big 12 temple. has got a great basketball history. They, they beat Houston once this year. So um, I actually think it's a pretty good uh, uh, philosophy or strategy. As you see, these guys, they play, you know, big time college basketball may not be the, the ACC or the SEC or the big 10, but this pretty high level basketball, we know they play some good non-conference teams. So you can evaluate what those guys do against you're not evaluating high school players or AAU players or whatever. You're evaluating uh, Division One players and seeing how productive they are and how they fit into your system. So um, it's obviously worked for Eric Musselman in the past, and I think it's going to continue to work.
2: If you guys had to, okay, so act like you're playing NBA 2K. You're at the create a player part of the game, and somebody tells you, "All right, create a player that." Create the 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 Eric Musselman portal prototype. What does he what's he look like, and what like what skill set does he have, and maybe, maybe even throw some stats in there. But like what what does that look like to you guys?
4: I was gonna say long. Uh, hope I think take care of the ball. He's really big on protecting the ball and not giving up turnovers. Uh, seems like that was definitely in the past few years going into the portal kind of trying to address things that have gone wrong the season prior. And so a lot of these guys, you look at their assist to turnover, and it's pretty good, uh, which was, I know, a problem point for the Razorbacks. And then also free throw shooters. Um, so those are the topics that come to my mind. And I was just thinking about it on Bob's point about stealing from the – or both your points, stealing from the AAC. Also, you can add Trey Wade and a uh, That's and Jimmy right. I for, there too. Yeah, I forgot about those guys. Two yeah. more from recent years. So it was just a thought that came to mind. But yeah, if I'm going off your 2K muscleman transfer player, long comes the first word that comes to mind. All these guys coming in have been just so long, lengthy, and creating havoc on defense. Cause they I mean, this team prides itself so much on defense that I don't think he's willing to, you know, sacrifice anything less than guys who are going to create some havoc and make life tough on
2: Andrew, what do you what do you think of like measurables? It's like in my mind, it's probably six six or six seven. 185 to 200 somewhere yeah. there could probably shoot it a little rebounds. Well, doesn't turn the ball over that, that kind of seems like his, his kind of guy.
0: Yeah. I think like Ethan mentioned, the length of length and athleticism seem to be top priorities for the portal pickups. Uh, you look at Trevor Brazil just a unicorn with his length and athleticism. Ricky council, I think is probably the prototype guard that Eric likes with his athleticism. He was, I mean, he could jump out the gym. Uh, and I think, when you look at the portal and the guys they're picking up, I think you mentioned their their postseason autopsy. You've got to not only improve on your past season's weaknesses, but you've also got to replace all the production that's leaving. And with Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Devo, and Council, I mean, Arkansas is losing a majority of their points per game. And so you've got to find guys that can get, get the ball in the hoop. And I think they've done that fairly well, which is why... You know, you get guys like Keon Menenfield who may not meet those measurables, but but he can score the ball, and you're going to need someone to do that. Uh, and so I think they're they're addressing places of need very well. And when you look at guys like Draymond Mark, you know, he can play defense for for Houston. He can play defense for Eric Musselman, and I don't think that there's a lot of programs out there that are up to Eric Musselman's standards when it comes to to defense and and That's intensity like that. But I think if there is one, then, I mean, you probably know their kimpom ratings off the charts, but it's definitely, if he can play uh for for Houston, I think he can get minutes for Arkansas defensively, and also putting in 10 points per game is going to help. Uh, And then I think when you look at the one thing that this team struggled with last year was shooting, and so I think he went out and obviously addressed that, and I don't think it's necessarily that he's bringing in sharp shooters but you at least have to give the illusion that you can score from beyond the arc. And I think that opens things up for the rest of the offense. I think a couple of things that stood out throughout the the course of the season, at
2: least to me was, and I'm sure this isn't going to be anything groundbreaking, but Arkansas turned the ball over too much. And then when they didn't turn it over, they didn't shoot a ton of threes, but they didn't really, they didn't make many of the few threes that they took the last two years. They've shot under 32% from three. And I think you see, like especially with these last two additions, and I'm, I'm sure Keon Menafield and 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 Tremont Mart can probably help you out from deep too. But Caleb Battle, I mean, that's a kid. I I talked to um, a Temple beat writer the other day, and he's just he's a spot up guy, catch and shoot. But he's not like your typical, I guess, kind of catch and shoot guy. Like he'll catch and you know he'll jab, jab, maybe sidestep threes. But he's got such great lift on his jumper that um you know you'll you'll hear we'll play a clip from that that conversation i had with the with the temple beat writer later but a contest on Caleb battle is not like a contest for for many other guys because he you know i talked a lot when stanley amude was here and stan's got a you know he had a pro type body when he got here i don't know Caleb battle's got a i think he's plenty athletic and he's he's solidly built but I used to talk about how Stan used to pogo stick into his, his jump shots, like especially his mid range jumpers. And I think battle does that to a degree on, on the perimeter, which is, is pretty interesting. Um, I was told that he's like a three dribbles backs type of guy. So you're probably not going to see him putting the ball on the floor all that much. Um, but then Jeremiah Davenport, you know, I I asked the the muscleman prototype portal guy question for a reason, because he's six, seven, 215, can shoot it, rebounds it well, low turnover guy. That that sounds like Eric in a nutshell right there. And if you go you go back to, I think it was the 21, 22 season, back in November, Arkansas goes to the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City, and Arkansas has the second game that, that first night. The game before it is Cincinnati and Illinois, and Jeremiah Davenport put on a show against Illinois. I think he had 17, 18 points in that game. And they they apparently scouted him pretty well because Davenport didn't score against Arkansas the second game. But, um, Bob, what, I guess, just kind of surface level, what kind of intrigues you about Davenport? You know, I think, at least in conference, it, it kind of seems like he's going to fill a need, a, a, like a really big need. I felt like it was kind of paramount this offseason that they got at least somebody, like one of you guys said, can at least give the illusion they can shoot the three but Arkansas has had guys that have given the illusion that they can shoot the three, but they haven't made it to bring in guys that are, I guess, capable of filling it up from deep. I think he shot, I think it was 37% from deep and AAC played the last two years on, on pretty good volume. I think it was around six a game. Just anything off the top of your mind just um, intrigues you about that guy.
3: Well, yeah. Like you talk about the shooting and um yeah. And I do think the AAC plays a high level of basketball. Um, you know, I don't know if it's like, say it's like the sec or the big 10, but um, and another thing I like about a lot of these guys is their, their versatility, you know, like you say about their, their wingspans and their size, but you know, with Eric, I don't know if they're quite positionless you know, like you hear a lot about in the NBA, but you know, he wants a guy that can guard multiple positions, you know, last year at times, you know, when Nick was out, you know, Ricky, Ricky council played a little bit of point. And so I think he wants guys, you know, multiple guys that can shoot it. You want to spread the the defense out, you know, on the perimeter, maybe open up some, some lanes. You want guys that can run the floor. I was going to double check. We, we we have established Davenport is not related to Richard, right? Are we? Are yeah, we sure Yeah, I about
2: I, that? I texted with him when he told me <laughs> there was going to be a commitment coming. I double checked. He there. There's no relation.
3: Okay, I I just wanted to make sure there. He uh, hey, but, if,
2: if if Jeremiah
3: goes pro though, he might try to you know play the bloodline card a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I like this class. Obviously, it's it's the, the guys they've added are in the portal are very perimeter oriented, but they've all got good size. I mean, um outside of midfield, now is that I guess we gotta get what his weight is, but yeah, he, it's right like
2: it, it's like a buck sixty, buck seventy yeah, at the best he, right now.
3: They, they need to add some weight to him. But the rest of these guys, I'll see and they're older guys, you know, they're mature physically, they're mature mentally. I mean, as great as, as Anthony Black was, he was 18 part of the year, right, and then 19, and as great as he was still a young guy you know nick smith was you, could, 18, still, you could very
2: easily see how green he was at, at times last yeah. year for sure and,
3: and so i kind of like the fact um they talk about old man strength i don't know if you guys ever hear heard, heard that before but um i, I like the fact these guys are older you know I, i've been around so long i remember you know joe klein who was the sixth pick of the draft back in 85 i think was joe and of course this would never happen today but joe is a fifth year senior As the sixth pick, he was, I think, 23 because he'd gone to Notre Dame, transferred, redshirt, played three years for the Hawks. You know, Cindy Moncrief, romper those guys were 22. You know, Larry Bird, I mean, they they were men going, going in. I remember talking to Moncrief about this a few years ago about how he talked about how the players today are, you know, that are going into the NBA are more skilled, but they're just not as mature physically and mentally as the guys he went in with because they were all 22, 23, whatever. And the guys going in now are 19 or 20. It's it's a big difference, you know. And so I like the fact that these guys, a lot of them are older, that they're, they're experienced. I, you know, Eric reminds me, and I'm going to date myself here. There was an NFL coach called Richard um, or uh, George Allen. And he coached for the Rams and he coached for Washington. Um, I guess they were called the Redskins back then. And uh, he loved to trade draft picks for veteran players. He wanted veteran players. And that could hurt you, obviously, on the back end when when players aged out and you didn't have the draft picks to replace them. But Eric strikes me as a guy who wants older players. Not saying he doesn't love having you know the talent like Anthony Black and Nick Smith and, and Jordan Walsh, but he likes older players. I thought it was telling when he got the job here. The guy's name escapes me, but Eric signed a 6'10 McDonald's All-American in Nevada. Do you guys remember yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was Jordan from, Brown. Yeah, big kid from California. I remember thinking then, gosh, he got a McDonald's All-American in Nevada. This guy's amazing. But if you looked at the stats, Eric had a very veteran team. He had the Martin Twins and Jordan Caroline, all these guys back from that Sweet 16 team in Nevada. And uh, Brown didn't play that much, and he transferred. He didn't follow Eric here. And so that told me, you know it doesn't matter if you're McDonald's all American or like Nolan Ritchie say Burger King all American or whatever. you know he wants older guys who know what's going on. you know, and so I think this this group reflects that,
2: I think, like in the college game these days, like if you can get a third or a fourth year player, I think you've got to let and he's talented. Like a lot of times, like you, you think about kids that that stay in school for three or four years. Oh, maybe what? Like, what's what's wrong with them? Like, wh- where's the hole in their game? Or, you know, is there, you know, something character-wise with them? But I think it's just like Jeremiah Davenport's a guy. He's he just played four years at Cincinnati. Like homegrown kid, very loyal to that program. Like could have left when there was a coaching change. Didn't stuck it out. Very loyal, but he's 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 mature, and I think you see the same thing with Tremont Mark. Like I think in my analysis, I wrote that you know Houston the last three seasons been to a Final Four, been to an Elite Eight, been to a Sweet Sixteen, and so he is he's brought on. He's going to add experience, and I think the the line that that I was kind of proud of was like that you know he's familiar with the stages that Arkansas hopes to to get to in in twenty three twenty four, and I I think. You know, when Ar- when Arkansas got the co- the commitment from Keon Mennefield, and I, I learned that, you know, he just wrapped up his freshman season at Washington, I'm like, Eric talked a lot this year about, you know, how young his team was. And, like, it, I just kept thinking back to, like, even during the season when Eric would say, you know, we've got a lot of new guys, got a lot of freshmen, got six freshmen, a bunch of newcomers. I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to go into the portal and he's going to get older, you know, grown men as as – Bob said that are you know stronger more developed um maybe maybe mentally tougher than than some of these young guys like there's no question that Eric is going to take the the really talented young guy but I think if you gave him a preference he would take an Anthony Black type that you know is is he would take the Anthony Black type freshman the super talented freshman but I think he would obviously would would prefer um the the older player I think that's that's probably some of his NBA background coming out you know like even rookies in the league you know when he was when he was coaching they were those were these grown men that we're talking about you know what I mean so uh, a couple other things on Jeremiah Davenport just because he's he we're recording it's 1227 right now and Davenport committed at 11 so I've got it kind of got him fresh on my mind right now college basketball scouting YouTube channel has been a godsend for me this spring there's really good breakdowns on kids that are in the portal and if they've they've got highlight clips from like the last from this past season and at the top there's like some synergy type numbers and some of the ones that that stood out to me Davenport shot 43 percent from three on the left wing which is I think about where he took a quarter of his field goal attempts last year struggled a little bit from the right wing I think it was about 30 percent kind of another quarter of, of his field goal attempts um what I really liked was 71st percentile nationally on catch-and-shoot opportunities, which I think we think threes right away. But catch-and-shoot opportunities aren't just threes. Like, you can catch a baseline out-of-bounds pass, take a, a short mid-range jumper, that qualifies too. So I, I think that, that's pretty interesting. Pretty solid in transition, 1.11 points per possession. Um, I noticed in, in the clips that I saw that he does seem to to run the floor. And fill lanes well which is kind of an I think it's kind of an under the radar thing that people don't always consider but it is super important for shooters in terms of being able to put yourself in a position to get shots like you got to space the floor well not get in the way of the ball handler Um, like if you got a streaking big running down the right side of the floor like maybe on that maybe on that outer third maybe right side you got to you got to figure out where your lane is um, I think he's he's pretty good at doing that. I saw on hoop Math, 65 of his 71 threes last season were assisted. So you're not getting a lot of self creation from the perimeter. So it may be a little bit dependent on some guards to to get him shots. But I think that's where his athleticism and kind of you know, basketball IQ wherewithal when he's running the floor. I think that's that's really going to help, just kind of understanding where the the open space is on the floor. Um, so I think you, you kind of get a, got an understanding he's going to bring some spot-up shooting, going to be able to to run a little bit. I really like the low turnover rate. I think that was another thing that that really jumped out because this year it was a – boy, it was a mess at, at times. I think you could see Eric wanting to pull his hair out a lot with some of the mistakes Arkansas was making. Um any other thoughts on on Jeremiah Davenport? I think he's. I haven't written his analysis yet, but he seems like a guy that that's going to fit with Eric pretty well. I mean, he he played for which Miller, brother West Miller at, at Cincinnati, so you know I think that's a that's a pretty tough nose program too, right there. That I would imagine prides itself on defense. So he s- seems like a pretty good fit.
4: It intrigues me with his size being able to. I mean, he makes two threes a game. I saw, and pairing that with trevon brazil who also has length and can you know um really stretch the floor with you have to respect the three i think that's something that it adds a lot of value with some of eric's teams that have been the best it's been whenever you have that big man you have to respect and whenever arkansas was best on offense last year it was with you know whenever i think it's back to maui watching uh trevon really stretch the floor the offense it didn't look like there were many holes in it at the time um and then even you would think back to his first year with Adriel Bailey, who could knock down a three and it just creates so many more opportunities. And so if you don't have Brazil in the game and you can turn to Davenport as another option that you have to respect out there. It just seemed like down the stretch of this, this latest season and the, that was missing. You didn't have a guy who could really stretch the floor. I mean, nobody really could shoot the three on the team in general. I mean, Devo, uh, Devo Davis from the corner code, but uh Aside yeah, from that, left, it just felt like it was a big only. missing piece. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was just the first thing that came to mind whenever I looked at his length and saw that he could, he averaged two, th- made threes a game.
3: Yeah, those analytics you, you were talking about, we know Arkansas is big on analytics. So if he shoots 43% from the left wing or whatever it was, they're going to tell him, look, that that's your spot you know, don't shoot over here where you're shooting 18%, shoot over here where you're shooting 43%. And maybe Cincinnati's coaches told him that too, but we know Arkansas is really big in analytics and studies. So I think they're going to, you know, make sure all any of these guys, you know, that they're, they're going to, but especially guys that have a track record in college ball, they're going to, you know, say, here's how you maximize your strengths and, and we're going to minimize your weaknesses. So you do this and you'll get minutes. If you don't do it, we got other guys that are going to play, you know? Real quick, before
2: we take a a quick break, I want to throw it to the interview that I did with Javon Edwards. who covered Temple basketball for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's got a couple minutes of of pretty solid information on what Arkansas is going to get with Caleb Battle. So we'll kick it to that.
1: So, first of all, he should have been starting. I will give him that. Uh, But they were bringing him off the bench as a sixth man around that first four minute you know the, the um the first media timeout uh his game is very much catch it on the wing and just isolation himself he'll he'll catch it get his little combo off and get to the rim or he'll take a pull up out of the pick and roll uh his catch and shoots i think that's probably the only thing i forgot to send you
4: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, he doesn't get many open catch and shoot opportunities like when he gets them he hits them, but a lot of his his catching shoots were catch it, jab, jab, and pull a contested shot, or okay. catch, jab, sidestep, and take a contested shot. Um, but the kids got range, and, I mean, a contest for him isn't really... Like, what's a contest for some people isn't really a contest for him. His jump shot, he gets so high on his release that it's kind of hard to even get a hand to the ball. Like, uh, you have to actually... Lock his vision to the rim if you want to contest this shot because you're just not coming close to his hands uh, with how high he jumps he can he can get downhill uh and he has a good dead dribble to get into a quick pull up. Mm-hmm. It's just he can't really put together too many com uh too many combinations with him it's, he can't get too many combination dribbles off at the same time. he's a a three dribble at max type of guy. No, he'll start he'll get them right back to the tournament he he won't have any problems scoring in the sec like i said the pick and roll defense he could be a little quicker at getting through those screens mm-hmm. uh i'd also add that just when he's guarding someone a little more muscular than him mm-hmm. they have a tendency to be able to back him down uh and it's just about him staying emotionally checked into games
2: For all your automotive needs, shop Lander's Toyota NWA in Rogers, where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in Arkansas. Lander's Toyota NWA in Rogers.
0: WholeHogSports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at WholeHogSports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today. WholeHogSports.com. Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app.
2: Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at home, and take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile
0: device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Get it today.
2: Guess a couple other things before we get out of here. Um, I just really like Tremont Mark, you guys. Like I think he's 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 got that versatile size and I think anytime that Kelvin Sampson trusts you to I don't wanna say go out and win and win him an NCAA tournament game against an SEC team, I think I think that, that bodes pretty well for, for him. I was looking, you know, when he committed on on Easter I think it was late Sunday night I was doing a bunch of reading around and I found this story from The Athletic about when Tremont I think he went for 26 points on already he just absolutely torched Auburn in the second half I think he scored like 20 points in the second half like almost single-handedly won them a game um, the reporter who wrote the story and I, I, I'm sorry I can't remember the the name he, he was talking to Marcus Sasser who's, who's Houston's All-America guard and he's like, yeah, me and you know Tremont, we we play one on one a lot when you guys aren't around, and I can't stand in front of him. And uh, you know Marcus Sasser is like six one or six two on a good day, and Tremont Marcus six five, and he's got some size on him. But you would think Sasser's got the quickness advantage on, him, might be able to you know play underneath him a little bit. But Tremont Mark ball accounts is going to you know be a really really big piece, I think offensively from the standpoint that he can kind of create his own shot, really good isolation player. And I think he was, you know, somewhere right around 50% in that mid range part of the floor. Um, And I think it's just like men, I think you, you can kind of classify these the first two commitments out of the portal and the second two together with the second two, you've got like knock down perimeter shooting ability. The first two guys, it seems like shot creation, like be like, can make threes, but I think it's like off the dribble. I can throw you the basketball. You can go get a bucket, get to the free throw line, that kind of thing. And so I think I think the the roster is right now. It's looking pretty good. I'm I'm excited to to see these guys. Um, you know, maybe during the summer, but you know, there's a, it's a long way to go in the portal, and they might not be done. Roster movement, I'm I'm sure is is far from over. So we'll have to see about that. But just um, wanted to kind of give Anthony Black his flowers before we, we closed out. I put a tweet out yesterday after he declared for the draft that, I, you know, I've only been on this beat since 2017, uh, and it, I jumped in during the middle of the season. I think it was in late December. So I don't have like a great big, you know, encyclopedia of players that I've covered like Bob does, but. A.B. was, I think, one of the more unique players that I've covered. Um, and Bob, I was just curious, like, if you've got or, – or any of you guys, if you've got kind of a, an A.B. story that, that you'll remember that maybe kind of encapsulates who he was.
3: Well, yeah, I just enjoyed watching him as a player. And I always appreciated – you know, he was a guy – maybe it's because he played well when the team struggled. He had to do so much, like when they lost at Auburn or when they lost at Missouri – but, and, you know, they lost to Mississippi State here. But I remember Anthony, you know, a lot of times he, when they lost, he was the only guy talking and here he is 19 years old, but I always thought he, he, he was so mature, you know, he didn't sugarcoat stuff. He, after the Auburn or after the A&M loss in, in Nashville, that, that was very frustrating for him to lose that big lead. And he would just lay it out there on the line and he didn't make excuses and most of the time, when they had trouble, it wasn't because of him. He was the reason maybe they played as close as they did, like they got the lead, but then couldn't hold it. But I, I always appreciate his honesty. I don't know if you want to call it bluntness, um, but he would just say, "Yeah, that's happened a lot. And we got to fix that," or something like that. You know, he sounded like a coach, you know. And um, I think that maturity will serve him well moving into the pros as as, as a young kid. But I obviously loved watching him play and how you know how hard he played we know he played through injuries um you know um, charlie kaiju our photographer does such a good job i mean all photographers do but charlie does a really good job on hoops and he got some really uh i don't know if you want to call them poignant or pictures of of, uh, anthony in las vegas after that loss and how emotional he was and you can look at that story and tell how much it meant to him uh, you know, to play for the Razorbacks. And you say, yeah, they're they're one and done. They're moving on the NBA and all that. But you can tell Anthony Black, he sold out for Arkansas. He gave it everything he had every second he was on the floor and he played more minutes than anybody in the SEC. So I just remember a guy that played so hard, played so well, and was so accountable as, as such a young player.
2: I think what's going to stick with me for a long time, and it was kind—it was in the, the second part of that tweet that I sent out yesterday, um, I was, do, I wanted to do a feature on AB just because I kind of admired the way that he went about his business, like throughout the year, like he's tough as hell and young guys just like, and he's making mistakes, but he's playing through them. You know what I mean? And they needed him to play through them or they, they would have gotten significantly less done offensively than they did. And they were still like a, a team that really scuffled offensively at times. But I remember like, I would talk to, I remember talking to Keith Smart and Gus Arginal in the locker room about him. And Keith Smart said that, you know, when he was out recruiting A.B., you know, he noticed that, you know, A.B. would say subtle things here and there to a player or even a referee, That especially to a player, it would kind of get under their skin. And then the next thing you know, like, the player's upset and A.B.'s kind of like, you know, clapping. And he feels like he's kind of got, like, the advantage on him uh, from a mental perspective, um, just kind of the, the game within the game that we don't always get to see. Um you know, I was telling Jeff Goodman, he was asking me what I knew about A.B., and I was like, he will get under people's skin really quickly, and you won't even notice that he does it. And then all of a sudden, he's getting shoved, and Arkansas shooting, what, six or seven free throws like he did at Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, and then I remember I was reporting in the locker room for that story, and A.B. and Kamani Johnson were sitting side by side, and I asked Kamani about A.B.'s year, and then A.B., he pl- he puts a finger in each ear, and then puts his head between his knees because he doesn't want to hear what Kamani's got to say. And then he lifts back up and he's got a big smile on his face. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll always appreciate AB for, um, just the way that, you know, from our perspective, you know, you don't always get a lot of uh, out of guys, but he was at least personable enough. And he had a, a really good personality. So, um, I was really happy to get to, to showcase that in the last year. And, you know, I think he's going to be great in the NBA. I mean, I can't believe people thought he was coming back. Like he's gonna he's gonna be a top ten pick, um, no doubt in my mind. He's gonna be he maybe well off very 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 soon. Uh, we appreciate you listening into this episode and, and her- hope you learned something from us. Uh, didn't get tired of me rambling, um, spouting off numbers from a YouTube video that I watched, but I think it's it's pretty pretty good stuff to to know. Help you get to know. Um, some of these new faces that Eric's bringing in, we'll continue to, to to record this pod on on an as needed basis, which we know we'll we'll need to do one, another one probably fairly soon. Um, for Andrew Joseph and Bob Holt and Ethan Westerman, I am Scotty Borderline. Thanks for joining us this week on the Basketball Podcast of Mid America. The proceeding has been a production of WholeHogSports.com. Look for our latest podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast
1: store. And visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary.